Welcome to another episode of the Perry Perspective Podcast presented by Player Athletics. Matt here and alongside me is Eric Carter and Dinesh. Boys, it might be the NFL offseason, but there's no shortage of headlines. And let's start with the big one. Making rumblings last week was Russell Wilson when his agent came out with a list of four teams that he would approve of a trade to. Came out with the Oakland Raiders, Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints, and Chicago Bears. Boys, a couple of your teams are represented on that list. What did you make of those rumblings? We'll go to you first here, Eric. I know you're buzzing over this. Wilson to the Bears, it's got to be a tantalizing proposition. How excited would you be if this one came into fruition? Oh, buddy, how nice would it be to finally have a quarterback? To Don't finally, do Mitch finally, like that. Don't finally, do Mitch finally, like that. Finally have a quarterback in the windy city of Chicago. It would be an absolute treat. Hey, what a better place to do it in with the team. It's one of the top defense in the league. And a team that uh, makes it to the playoffs. You know, that all the only thing they've been missing all these years is just a quarterback to take them there. And who better than Russell Wilson? I think uh, Sierra, Russ's girl, I think she'd love it in Chicago. There's a little bit of everything. She can do some performing down at the Bulls Stadium there. I think it's, uh, I think it's got a lot of potential. And uh, all that team's missing is a quarterback. And I think that gets them over the hump. And I think that puts them into um, Super Bowl contention. I really like it. And if you look at this Bears team, the 85 team, best team ever, but other than that, the Bears team, they just don't have a history of quarterbacks. They just truly don't. So if Russell really wants to shake up the sports world and bring, uh, bring some new meaning to the Chicago Bears and put them in that Super Bowl contention, no better place to do it. And you instantly become the most popular man in Chicago and maybe of all of the sports world in North, in North America. So, Russ, come on home, buddy. Okay, so he would instantly become like the most famous sports person in any of the towns that he went hey. to and how, what would shake up the sports world? Like going to the Dallas Cowboys. Can you imagine that? Then it's like, well, where's Dak going to go? Is this the right move? Russell's a bit older. Chetty, what would you make of it? If Russ did end up going to your boys? I think it'd be absolutely huge for the Dallas Cowboys. That being said, I mean, what's the price for that guy? Price has got to be pretty big and we already trade away a lot of draft picks for players. So um, I'm still on board with giving Dak the QB one next year. I think he's going to be great, but spend the assets elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like our secondary is pissed. So hopefully they can upgrade that. But I mean, Jerry be Jerry. So never know. And Hey, Russ wants to be there. I think that that team's got a lot of swagger, especially if danger Russ comes. So I'm open to anything, honestly. Dinesh, give me your take. Where, where should Russ go? If you're, if you're Russ, where do you want to go? Those four teams? I think not any of those two that you guys mentioned, but I'm thinking maybe the Saints, you know, because they're already like really good. And then Mr. Drew Brees, he's already kind of, you know, looking to work at NBC and shit. He's got stuff lined up, getting ready to depart. Who knows? Maybe he does depart this season. Like he hasn't really said anything. Like I think all, all signs are kind of pointed that way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that'd be great because, because, you know, you go to the Bears, kind of a toss up, you know, could work, could not. They're a good team, but, you know, sometime might not get over that hump. Same with the Cowboys, you know, it's like 50-50, maybe 60-40. But, like, the Saints, they're already established, and you're just taking away once replacing a star for star. So it's, it would be, like, perfect for him. New Orleans, great food. Hell, and then his wife's got a – or, uh, yeah, his wife's got a bunch of spots in New Orleans that she could thrive into. Win-win for me. Nice hot city. 
Wait, where's Sierra thriving in New Orleans? That would be my question. I'm 100 percent on the King Arena. Yeah, the smoothie yeah, King Arena. King Arena. I would, exactly, that's dude. I guess Oakland's definitely not a big market, but you're kind of close to San Francisco. But that's the smallest market for her. But I'm completely on board with you from the football perspective. I think that is 100 the, the best landing spot for him. Yeah, Drew Brees yeah. let that team down. I think that was probably maybe like the best field on best team on paper last year. Yeah, and Brees, Brees day, choked. It's like. I guess got to see like if he wants to be just going to a team that's already got a bunch of studs and he's just going to fit in nicely. Or if he wants to go to a team where he wants to be the man, like he'll be the man anywhere, but you know, just that extra little uh, like leadership role. If he went to, uh, I don't know, like maybe the bears, some that all the like Khalil Mack and like him, there's guys one on defense, one on offense. Uh, I think, I think he's being that anywhere though. I yeah, think. I think, but maybe you'd say maybe game. the one thing would be, I think he really wants some control that he, right. That was kind of the big issue there in Seattle. He wasn't happy with the lack of uh, control that he had in their decisions. And I don't know how much Sean Payton would give him. Like Sean Payton kind of wants to maybe bring the reins in himself a bit here. He had drew for so long. He kind of wants to take control, but those two could be an absolute dynamic duo. Yeah, for sure. And then plus whether like he plays, he probably complaining about, he probably keeps it internal, but complaining about, you know, shitty wind outside playing at CenturyLink. <laughs> he comes over, he plays at the dome, no wind, no nothing. He could be slinging it. It's a quarterback stream. Exactly. Bears cold, man. Who knows what kind of weather you're going to get there. He's used to playing in the cold. Look at Seattle. He thrives up there. So why not? It's not uh, much of a change. He hasn't been thriving lately. I mean, hey, But you also got to think about it. You think if you go down, play for Mr. Payton, there's, a, there's question marks in motion. Will Drew Brees return? And I think Sean okay, Payton's I, an okay. if, duck. If, if Russell Wilson's coming, Brees is gone. Like, they're not I just... also think Sean Payton's an interesting duck, and he's invested a lot of time in Taysom Hill. You never know. I think there could be some slime in maybe nah, Taysom Hill. Mr. Taysom Hill will still know? be the full <laughs> Sean Payton or... isn't an idiot. Like, no. uh, I don't know. Definitely. You get a guy like Russell Wilson coming to your football team. I mean, he's taken 100% of the snaps. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to give it to Hill, man. Come on, like... He might act like sometimes a meathead, you know, with the locker room scenarios and whatnot. But guys, I don't know. Like he wouldn't play. Uh, he wouldn't play Mr. Winston, but he'd play Taysom Hill, a guy who plays on special teams and all over the map uh, ahead of a quarterback. So I don't know. I think there's a little bit of uh, some cloudiness down there. I, I think that's optimistic you. thinking, Eric. I think that's optimistic thinking. You. Yeah, man, I would need it. That guy threw 30 picks season before this one. And 30 TDs. <laughs> like, good player. He led both <laughs> stats. I mean, I don't know. He said in the pressure, you take away those interceptions. I'm the best QB in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I swear he said that somewhere. I got to find that video. But Okay, well, let's uh, move it along to a guy who is already on the move, J.J. Watt. One of the kind of premier defensive players in the league a couple of years ago. Maybe he's fell off a bit. He was rewarded with a pretty large contract, two-year deal worth $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. He ended up electing to head out to Arizona to join the Cardinals after gaining some interest from some pretty serious suitors in the Bills, Titans, and Browns. Um, what do you guys make of it? Like, I think that was kind of an interesting decision for, for Watt to head to Arizona. I think if he's maybe chasing a Super Bowl ring, that's probably not where I go. But Eric, what did you make of it? You know, I thought this was completely out of left field. Like It was, I yeah. I think I everybody not... said, I think everybody said like it was Steelers, Packers, and uh, Bills, right? I think those yeah. were the big three. And for me too, like I thought this was an absolute shot in the dark. Maybe 
like the guy's made so much money in his career, right? It's not like at this point in your career, you're chasing money. You're clearly chasing the ring. I think Arizona's still young. I know Kyler's on the come up, but like you look at a team like Buffalo, look at where they got this year, like a proven team and JJ helps that D line. Or you look at a team like Green Bay, they get there every year. Why not go to them? Like you have a good chance of winning or hell. Like I understand why you didn't go to the Browns because then obviously you're playing your brother TJ all the time. And that's probably not, probably not something I would want to do personally from family level. But I just think there is much better teams out there if you're trying to chase a ring and get the job done before you retire in a few years. Like, sure, money is there, but a ring's rings forever. Money's temporary. You know what so, I mean? So, so like, you're a, you're a defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys, and you don't want to go to Philly because Finn's a defensive end on yeah. the Eagles? Yeah. You don't want to be playing against them all the time. It's just like, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't want to. Well, it's not like you're like, that. there could be that reason. You're not like, clash I'd rather kids. play with them. But, I, I I see that, but I wouldn't say you'd take him off the list because you're in the same division. I would take him off the list for that reason. And I don't think the Browns are as close to winning a Super Bowl as the Bills or I, the I Green agree Bay. With that. Yeah, that's that's fair. I could and at this point play. in my career, if I he like face it, the guy's done everything in his career but won a Super Bowl. That's that's mm-hmm. all that's my number one. That's all I got in the back of my head. That's how I want to go with the Super Bowl. No, yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see like chance. what his reasoning was. Like, was Arizona offering that much more money that it was strictly kind of like a hey, I kind of got to take this money because it's kind of like ten more million dollars, or was it literally like hey, I love Kyler, I think this could like in his opinion is his best chance to win a Super Bowl. It'd be interesting to see kind of what his mindset was in that decision. But also, you got to think D Hop too, former teammates. Maybe D Hop had something to do with it. And yeah, you I don't got know. D-Hop. That'd be interesting from that you perspective got- too. You got D Hop, you got Mr. Obviously Kyler Murray, offense, and then whoever else is over there. And then on the defensive side, you got John Jones's brother, Chandler Jones. Apparently that guy's a stud. It's very good. He's one of the best. He's very good. And you team him up with uh, JJ Watt. That could be a lethal defense. Okay. Keep in mind, JJ Watt isn't the player that he was. He's a good player and he brings a lot of like intangibles into your, into your locker room. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have him on my team, but I don't think I'm really that ecstatic about dishing $23 million out to the guy. And I don't know if he's going to no, be huge on the field difference maker from his like, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh teaming up with a stud, like, uh, like it's Chandler. nice. It's nice from his perspective. Cause it takes a little pressure off the edge for him. Right. Cause probably a lot of that uh, attention on the offensive line in their pass protections is going to go to Chandler and you can kind of play second fiddle and maybe get that's some one on one matchups. But yeah, that's kind of why I had when the Browns were uh, in the talks with him. That's why I kind of, like, yeah, he could be the yeah he could be yeah. the number two to Miles Garrett, but also I really thought that he was going to be a Packer. I mean, he's from Wisconsin. I just thought that was the place, or obviously going to play with his brother in Pittsburgh. But uh yeah, I guess D Hop convinced him to uh, Money come talks, down to I guess. come down to AZ. Of of course it does, and uh I mean, yeah, he's pretty hyped on Kyler Murray, and I guess I mean he hasn't really proved to be uh a stud yet but he's also young and yeah that team could make some noise next year speaking of making some noise we have to get into the local headlines we have to give a shout out to connor zary two goals here tonight for the stockton heat his uh including his first as a professional big uh big news for zary i'm interested to see what's going to happen with him with the whl kind of starting back up here in bc the flames are going to have to make a decision with them struggling i'd be curious to see if they could maybe bring him into the lineup maybe a third line role here down the stretch and just kind of give him a chance to chance to play in the nhl i'd be like this is a guy who's already been kind of through quarantine for like 17 days now do you want him to go back to canada and quarantine again i guess he i guess he's already there but he'd still have to do the quarantine once they get to the bubble but i personally think that he's gonna make his way back to Kamloops. i mean 
the Flames are not looking like they're very strong this year, so that gives him an opportunity to maybe crack the lineup. But also, I just feel like he's going to go back, play out his last year with Kamloops this year, and then end up in the AHL, hopefully NHL next year, in a perfect 82-game season. But I think that's the case for a lot of these guys that maybe could make that step to playing a bit, getting scratched a bit in the NHL, but teams are choosing to send them back, go play your 24 full games with your respective uh, CHL clubs, and then come back next year. Yeah, it's unfortunate that he can't play in uh, the AHL anymore. I know he's potted to two goals tonight, which is unbelievable. Um, so it's unfortunate all those 18-year-olds are kind of stuck in the middle here where they're having to go back to Canada and WHL for the most part, like Zary in this situation. At the end of the day, yeah, go play at your 20 season, or sorry, your 19 season. And then uh, you'll be right back with the HL team next year. So the thing that we kind of forget too is he is 19 and he turns 20 in September. Like he was a he was a late birthday for that draft. So he's not as young as like a typical guy in that draft, right? So Seth Jarvis would have been an interesting one. Like well, I wonder if Carolina considered that at all. Guys like I, I just like I just like seeing his numbers compared to I think Thomas Tomasino is also with him in the A and he's lighting up the lamp and he didn't make the world junior team Tomasino did it's just kind of interesting to see that obviously there's a bit of a fire in the yeah little little chip on the shoulder hey yeah and that's what you like to see you like to see that guy going out and proving himself in the, his limited AHL experience so far with what's going on this season do you think it's more beneficial to bring up like a 2021 year old for his first taste of the NHL than it is to maybe bring up one of your prospects like your top prospects I think like- you just got to look at it like there's a lot of pressure in Calgary to win, right? And if you can, if you feel like Zary's kind of close to being ready for it, and he can help your team, it gets a tempting, it's a tempting thing, in my opinion. There's do like, like, do you think Eleven could be on the hot seat, right? And he could just be like, hey, like, if I can bring Zary up and he can perform, that can maybe save my job. I think it'd be pretty tempting for them. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. There's not really a right or wrong answer. I see both ways being beneficial to the player. Yeah. And I'm but not it's, arguing it's, one way or the hard. other. I would just like to, it'd be cool to see. And it, I think it was kind of something that just kind of came to my mind, but maybe I'm, we'll, uh, yeah, I'm under the mindset that you, you want the guy to play out his, his W which is obviously his junior. Cause like, you're never going to do that again. You only I, got I get it, but like how, well, how, like, if, if he's chasing, if he's chasing a Memorial cup this year, I think yeah, it's also different. That's you my know point. I mean? He's now, going to play like a 20 yeah. game exhibition season. Yeah. Maybe he's not like entirely motivated, right? Obviously he's, really motive right now he's playing pro hockey at a level he's never played at before maybe i guess with the exception of a world juniors but why did they throw in the rule that you can't continue with your hl team like why is that a thing because i think uh, in most of these cases it's most beneficial for these kids to be still be playing in the hl opposed to going back and playing whl so you're you're right but it isn't a it isn't a new rule it's not something that just came in effect this year it's basically to promote junior hockey and like kind of keep some of those like studs in the league right so if if, like all your kind of 18 year olds if you get drafted and then leave you're not being able to like watch those stars develop right because that's that's such a selling point for for some of those junior teams that you can kind of see future nhl players play junior right i understand why it's there but even in a a year like this it's a little unfortunate maybe they didn't bend uh, bend the rules just a little bit here because obviously playing in the whl this year is not the same you don't get the exposure and it's at the end of the day, you're not playing for anything. Let's face it. You're not playing for anything. You're playing more more or less regular season games for no no final outcome. Yeah, I would say that like you're playing for something. You're playing for like for a lot of these guys like Chase Waters, who we're gonna get to in a sec. You're playing for opportunity. You're not playing for like to win a championship, right? Which you usually right. would be. It's like, but fuck, a guy like, like Connor, I need to kind of show out. 
Connor kind of like has these that. guys have, have done this and been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like if you're a guy like really Bex, Bex has put up what a hundred points in Spokane yeah. last year, he's already yeah, won the league scoring title. Yeah, yeah. Exactly he's already that. shown that he can produce at this level. It's really, I'm him, I'd rather play in Iowa, but hundred percent. It's unfortunate. They didn't bend those rules a little bit to allow that this year. Just when the leagues are so different, you know what I mean? Like one league's playing and operating and you know what I mean? From a player perspective, you're playing for a lot of things. But from like a fan perspective, I, I understand how people are looking at it. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you let a guy play 10 more AHL games? And if he keeps producing, call him up, right? So, yeah, Zary has a bit of a window here because the, the BC bubble doesn't start till I think their games are March 26th. So I think he'd figure you got about maybe another another week and a half before kind of he'd have to go back to Kamloops. So, but anyways, let's send it over to our interview with Chase Waters, which as always is presented to you by our friends at Player Athletics. Player, they announced this week uh, their first of their mini player cups for this summer, and it'll be taking place at Elkridge. The first ever match play tournament style is going to bring the heat, and it's their first of many big events on the way for the summer. The Elkridge event sold out in a mere couple of hours. And when the next one drops, you're going to want to not hesitate. Get yourself locked in. But if you were one of the lucky ones who got into this event, it's time to celebrate. Maybe grab some gear for yourself so be ready to fly when June rolls around. Check out playergolf.com. And when you find what you're looking for, we can help you save on the way. Use the promo code Prairie20 for 20% off your order today. Now over to Chase we go. Welcome back to the Prairie Perspective Podcast, making his second appearance, the captain of the Saskatoon Blades, Chase Waters. Chase, thanks for taking the time. Uh, what's, what's the life like there in Regina? I know you're kind of in the bubble as of the other day. So, so take us through what's going on over there. Yeah, no, thanks again for having me on guys. It's, uh, it's pretty routine here right now. We're still, uh, still in isolation. So we basically do, uh, do a zoom workout in the morning and a couple zoom meetings throughout the day, just kind of going over a little bit of system stuff, some team stuff. And, you know, we, uh, get COVID tested every couple of days and then we should be able to hit the ice hopefully by the weekend. So that's the, that's the plan, but no, everything's been good so far. What's lover like right now? Like, is he like buzzing you on zoom? Like every half hour, he's got some new system he wants to implement or what's kind of like his thoughts here? No, he's been good. He's, uh, I mean, he's been through it a couple of times. So he kind of knows with, with being in world juniors and he kind of knows what happens if someone happens to get COVID. I mean, some guy had it in World Juniors, and they were they were two weeks kind of on the low. So we're just uh, you know we're following some pretty pretty good rules, and we're uh, just getting through it. But no, we've had some some good meetings. He's he's ready to get back at things. That's for sure. Excited? Yeah, I can't wait. It's been, <laughs> by the time we play, it's been about a year, is what they figured. So oh. I know that's hey, you guys. You guys were in. Um... You were in your Manitoba swing, right? When everything got canceled last year. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, we played, I believe we played in Moose Jaw on Wednesday night. And then right after the game, we drove to Winnipeg. So we were, but we were going to play Winnipeg Friday, Brandon Saturday, and then go home. And then we practiced Thursday. We kind of heard about that, that NBA player getting COVID. And then like literally within two hours, our season was was on the was postponed and then later on that month it got canceled so it was yeah we drove up to winnipeg and drove home in a matter of 24 hours i know this isn't probably the 20 year old season that you were hoping for but it's at least got to be nice to kind of at least be able to go out on your own terms a bit right at least be able to take the ice and have one last hurrah yeah exactly that's kind of a good way to put it we uh you know, I couldn't imagine if our last game last year was my last game ever in Saskatoon. So it's it's just a you know it's a good opportunity to get to play again for sure. 
I know the team last year made some strides forward here and we're pretty solid. What, uh, what's your goal this year with you, with the blades and uh, what's kind of expectations for you guys this season? Yeah, for sure. Obviously we, uh, you know, a, a goal of ours is to, to you know, win our division and playing, playing individual games. We'll have a, we'll have a good read on how we are and playing. I mean, we'll be playing three, four games a week, every week for, for what is it? Six, six, seven weeks. So it'll be, you know, it'll be intense and the games that the games will matter, whether, whether a playoff a playoff picture comes out or whether it's just done after 24 it'll be it'll be intense for sure i'm thinking it's going to get a bit rough out there it's kind of like what the nhl's doing right now divisions you might see some might have to see you drop the gloves a couple of times in this uh, 24 game span hey yeah i might have to we'll see what happens but no that's i mean i've i've had a couple in my in my time and a couple have one good a couple have one not good so <laughs> i go away from that if i can but we had uh, Connor Bedard on this morning. What's kind of the buzz around uh, your team, maybe in around the league with kind of like a, a 15-year-old coming in? Obviously, he's the first ever guy in the WHL to get that exceptional status. So what's that kind of going to be like for you guys to just see what his game is like? Yeah, that's a good – I mean, it'll be it'll be pretty cool to see what he's like. We've heard – obviously, we've heard a lot about him like everyone else has. And, I mean, sure he's a, sure he's a tremendous player. He's been playing overseas to start the year this year. But, no, it'll be fun to – it'll be fun to play against him. It'll be fun to – on the battle him every once in a while. So we'll, we'll see though. He'll, I'm sure he'll be good. Did you ever think about heading overseas or anything? I didn't know this no. year because we kind of, it was kind of, it was this date and then it got pushed back and then yeah. it was this date and then it got pushed back. So it's kind of hard to plan, to plan something. If I was, if I was younger, I maybe would have looked at it, but just kind of being my last year, I kind of want to just, just be ready for whenever the season started. I think I, uh, I think I was texting you when, uh, the WHL didn't get the go ahead, but the SJ was playing. Did you have a team that you were looking at maybe playing a few games for? Like I saw your teammate, uh, Rhett Reinhardt was playing out in Flin Flon. Do you have anything like that on the go? Yeah. So I was, uh, I was actually, so there's a, an AJHL team in Lloyd Minster. So that's my hometown. So I was, uh, I was going to start practicing with them and then they ended up filling their spots and I wasn't, I wasn't fully committed to playing. So I was kind of just, just going to be able to practice with them if I could, but I, you know, I for sure thought about it, it would have been fun. And yeah, Rhett was out in Flint Flint. We had a couple of guys playing, so it was, uh, yeah, it would have been a cool experience, but that's all right. What's the, what's the division looking like? I'm guessing Swift is going to be pretty, pretty brutal again. PAs should be pretty solid. Um, just maybe give us the rundown here. Maybe who are you guys kind of eyeing as some of your top con competition? Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully we'll be at the top. I think, I think PA will be a strong team. I mean, those, our whole division should be should be pretty good. I mean, we we only played Swift a couple times last year, but they're coming over to because they're in the Central last year, so now they're now they're back in the Saskatchewan division. But no, I think it'll be good. The both the both the Manitoba teams are pretty good, so hopefully, I mean, hopefully we're battling for the top spot like uh, with a couple other teams. Saw in the news yesterday that uh, your dressing room attendant Bobby Kirkness is dealing with some health concerns right now. And I saw you guys are wearing his initials on the back of your helmet. So it's gotta be cool. Hey, you're playing with a little bit of pride here in this bubble situation. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know for, for anyone that knows Bobby, he's uh he's all about family and all about, you know, he's always been the happiest guy around the rink and he, uh, yeah, it'll be hard to not be here with him or to have him here with us, but you know, just kind of bring, bringing him along in every way we can. And whether it's stickers, I think we got a couple of logos on our, on our off ice gear and it'll be, I mean, he's he's cheering for us, and we're cheering for him, and we just hope the best for him. How much harder do you think it'll be playing without, you know, obviously your Saskatchewan fan base probably in front of friends and family? Do they got uh, any of the cutouts coming in or anything like that you see around uh, the National League or anything like that going on? 
Yeah, I'm actually not sure. I hope there's some some kind of cutouts, but I seen they posted some posted some pictures of the rink. It looks pretty nice. So, but yeah, it'll definitely it'll be different not playing in front of Saskatoon and even in Saskatoon Center. That's uh, you know, that's my favorite rink. So it'll be uh, it'll be different, but it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a different experience. That's for sure. How's that work with the dub? Because obviously they probably the cooperative is all off limits, right? It's probably just all WHL teams in there. Is that how it's working? Yeah, I'm actually not too sure. I I mean, they're connected, so I would think I'd think at least one rink might be just because there's seven teams. It'd be hard to it'd be hard to have host that much stuff on the Brand Center all day. But we don't we don't really know too much about that yet. We'll probably find some more of that out this week. So yeah, I was kind of thinking they'd probably just rent out the whole place and then let you guys practice on. I don't know. Not, not that I was just assuming that's what the set was. So. Yeah. No, we're not too sure yet on it. Maybe play analyst for a sec. Last year, the big breakout guy was Tristan Robbins. He goes on to get drafted second round. Throw a name out there. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be the Blades breakout guy this year? Well, first one that comes to name is Colton Dock. He's he's actually my roommate here in Regina. But you know, he he had a good good strong year last year, and I think he's had a had a really good off season to to break out and be be a draft pick this year. So I think that's that's for sure one of his goals. Yeah, his brother's not bad, huh? Yeah. Who is his brother again? I don't know who he is. Decent jeans. He's got bad wrists. (laughs) You're a dick, Chetty. (laughs) Just kidding. He's got to tape those up pregame now. No, he's got his cast off now, so he's doing better. I know you were with a full season this year. Obviously, you would have passed the most uh, games played as a blade. Are you going to be close to that number with only 24? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I what was it Les was telling me I would have finished I think third all time and I don't know it would have been around 330 but now obviously this it'll put me under 300 so I think I'll I'll fall quite back but you know that's okay it uh it's too bad it didn't work out but that's all right that's Savoy playing in Winnipeg this year or did he end up staying down in, in the U.S. yeah so I'm pretty sure all those kids that that went to the USHL are required to stay there I think they had to get like dropped in a way okay. from their uh, Western Hockey League club. Like there's a guy on Medicine Hat too, Cole yeah, Cylinder, yeah, the Saskatchewan kid, and he's down there too. So I'm pretty sure they're down there the whole time because I was watching, uh, I was watching the Medicine Hat game last week, and Cylinder wasn't out there. So I'm I'm pretty sure they're still down there. Yeah. Take us through a little bit of uh, your meal plan. How does that work for you guys? Do you guys just have chefs down below or bring up your food every? Uh... Get the five star meals. You get the entree, dessert. You know, get the, the chicken wing happy. No, it's been uh, it's been a little different than that. We get uh, what time? We get breakfast at nine o'clock. So we actually, with our schedule right now, we're doing a workout before that. So we'll work out, and then we get a breakfast oh. breakfast at nine, and then we'll get lunch at one, and then we'll get supper at five o'clock. And with the supper, will be like an extra sandwich for kind of like an eight o'clock snack. So, but uh, no, it's been it's been good so far. It's been. But not bad. I mean, there's not much you can do when you're delivering uh, 120 meals to, to kids. All day. So it's uh, no, it's getting good. And once we get out of this, I think we'll be able to kind of have a more of a buffet style of whatever it is. Obviously, no late night war zone then if Mitch has got you up before breakfast for work. Uh, what are you guys getting up at what, 730 every day? Yeah, we uh, we've been doing I think it's eight o'clock. So it's been either been a workout or yoga. It's good. I mean, when we get back in the rink, we'll be getting up that early. So it's kind of good to get in that routine. But yeah, no, no late night war zone. That's just during the day. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask your thoughts. Red Deer Rebels, they're living out of the rink. What what are your thoughts on that as a player in the WHL? Is that something you would be interested in or <laughs> you know, keep in I- mind, Eric said he would not report. 
his big issue was having to head down to the dressing room to have a shower. He couldn't fathom that idea. Yeah, it's funny. I actually have a couple buddies on Red Deer, and they they say they like it. I mean, I I would kind of be up for it. I think it'd be fun. I think I think it would get a little old after a couple of weeks, but I mean, as long as, as long as they're able to play, but it would be it would be different. I mean. Like I was talking to the one guy, they were still wearing dress clothes to their like to the basically just throw on their feet and walk down the hallway to the dressing room. But no, it's uh yeah, it's for sure different. I mean, you guys see their setups, it's 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 okay. It's not horrible, I guess. I mean, it's not that much different than what you're doing though, is it? Like really? No, the setups the setups are pretty similar, honestly. Yeah, yeah, they're just no fresh air, I guess. Yeah, true. They're sure doing the little things, but just got to keep the concession open and maybe a late night hot dog and some popcorn. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if Brent Sutter's got him on that yet. <laughs> um, how many, how many forwards, how many defensemen and how many tendies you guys got down there? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact number. I believe we, well, we have 26 players. So we have three goalies, nine defensemen and what is that, 14 forwards. So I think that's pretty that's pretty standard for most teams kind of have have those numbers but yeah so it's kind of carrying a couple some younger guys which will be good they'll get the experience yeah i don't i don't know if you guys know josh paulus we just signed him from saskatoon so he's a he's a local kid i don't know if you guys yeah i, I saw actually, that he, uh, he played yeah. contacts but man yeah. i played i, I played ashl uh, last summer with his brother oh, really? and he goes yeah my brother's playing for the pats right now and i'm like what the heck happened to you man why are you hanging out in the dressing room with us <laughs> yeah no he played on the pats last year and then we got him for this year so yeah no he's been good to get to know so far what's he in 02 yeah he's in 02 so he, he actually just has 19th birthday so you guys got a balcony or anything or do you guys get outside at all or are you just locked up inside yeah, no, we haven't yet. So hopefully Friday, Friday morning, hopefully we'll get some fresh air. But... <laughs> you guys are supposed to be going nutty in there, eh? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be off the walls by now. I don't. I can't sit still. Man, yeah. I'd be, I'd be extremely thankful. I had two roommates through all this, and yeah, I'm sitting there by yourself. <laughs> I'd yeah. be checking the vent system, and maybe I could crawl between rooms or something. I'd be, I'd be, uh, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be getting something together. Man, know. you would not, you would not be okay with this, Eric. Red Deer, no, no, no. Eric would like be this. the, no, Eric would be the worst guy to be rooming with right now. I would want oh. him in a different room. I remember our one night we had an overnight. Oh, this is Junior B, mind you, big leagues. Um, we had an overnight. <laughs> we had a sick idea. We we're like. We're gonna try to fit the skinny bastard to the vents and try to like pop out of nowhere in like buddy's room beside us. We got him up there, he couldn't fit. It, it would have been priceless though. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And we're we're trying our best to keep busy, but I know the, the Xboxes for sure get their get their time in during the day. But we uh no, we have Zoom meetings, so those those are kind of something to I guess look forward to in a way. Have you put any uh thought into what might come on next year? Like what's gonna go on? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't yet. I, I mean, I've talked to a couple, a couple schools and a couple teams down south, but just, you know, just trying to get through this year and kind of, kind of make my decision there. I feel like a decision will kind of, kind of fall into place when I think the time is right. And I don't think it's, it's yet. So we'll, no, that's kind of a, that's kind of a tough question actually, because it's not like you guys have played a hockey game in a year. Yeah, so. <laughs> you brought up well, schools though. We, we got to ask you about uh, Mike Babcock. I'm sure Saskatchewan is going to be in the mix for you. What did you make of that? And have you maybe talked to Babs at all yet? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it'll be good for U of S. I mean, he's a, he's a winning coach and 
he'll go there. And I know, I know they're a good team and yeah, I've, I've talked to him a little bit actually. And yeah, he's been, he's been good to reach out so far. It's been, it's been good. Is he trying to recruit you to the great uh, green and white? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. There's a, you know, there's a couple schools out there, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in a couple months. Go yeah. Ahead. What's the summer plans like? Is uh, Chetty going to get you back under the, back under the roster next summer? Yeah, I hope so. We'll see though. I don't know. Is Are you going back there, Chetty, or what? Is he breaking the news? Is he breaking the news? Not live. Big scoop, big scoop. Uh I got a couple of meetings coming up at that place and then we'll know. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll keep that on the DL. (laughs) We're going to have to, we're going to have some numbers to work through. One of Matt or Dinesh might need a job there too, Chetty. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) No, I, I think, uh, man, just like, I don't know anyone that, has had the experience to be like a backshop boy or work at a golf course. It's like the best job on earth for summer months. So hard to give it up. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It must be way better than the Lloyd course. (laughs) Yeah. I worked at both the Lloyd courses now. So I'm a two. You guys got two golf courses. You guys might have to come for a round. (laughs) We, uh, I'll probably be in Lloyd for a little bit in the summer and not too sure. I'll probably end up in Saskatoon for a bit too. So probably be split between. That's what I've kind of done the last couple of years. It's been good. So we were talking about this on last pod. Did you see the rumblings about Willows maybe bringing a spa to the course? I didn't hear about that. No. What was it? A Tuscan spa? Scandinavian. Scandinavian. They're going to bring down the red barn and put it across the street. <laughs> there's, there's some outrage though. So we'll see what happens. Well, aren't they cutting nine holes too? Is that happening? Yeah, this? I honestly, man, originally that was in the works like two falls ago now, and then COVID and stuff. So I, I don't know when that's happening, but I know one day that place is supposed to be an 18 hole per, like private course, as far as I know. Private? So I think so. Oh. But once again, I'm, I don't know, I could be wrong. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they're talking like if that hotel gets built, I guess you could go private at that point, probably. Yeah. I feel like a, a hotel would be like a better reason to stay public. No, sorry. I meant private, but with booking maybe or something. I don't know. You're so right. Public. Could, <laughs> yeah, I, sure. But like, how do you, how, if they go private, like what, like Riverside and the city club are right there too. Like it's just three courses right beside each other. All going to, well, I guess city club's kind of public now, but like, yeah. are they going to compete with Riverside? I mean, the price will be different than Riverside though. It's but... for Willows to stay public now. Yeah, I like it with 27 holes, though. I liked it with 36 yeah, I, holes, Everyone, so. I think, liked it with 36. I've lost my... <laughs> I couldn't believe how many people go through that place working there. Like, even at the courses in Lloyd, like, it was crazy. But compared to Saskatoon, like, the Willows, like, there was, like... There was days where there was, like, 100 people in the tee boxes, just, like, or on the driving range. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, yeah. I liked when we first opened. It was, like, you can't show up earlier than 20 minutes before your tea time and we open the course and it's packed and i'm like all right so everyone's just coming to hang out (laughs) who's maybe like the one guy to watch in the league this year who do you think is going to be like i know there's some guys on the world junior team like is krebs krebs is coming back to winnipeg yeah he'll be back in winnipeg i think well that jarvis kid from portland he had uh he was like 11 he was lighting it up in the yeah Yeah. holy crap he was 11 points in nine games like seven goals or something so he'll I'm sure he'll have a good year. And then you guys had Bex on. He'll be good this year. And, you know, Zari, some local kids, they'll be good. But, yeah, I guess in our division, Krebs. Krebs will be back. Schneider, he'll be back. I've heard, like, a ton of people talking about Gooley. Yeah. Like, you see, he's that good, hey? 
Yeah, he is honestly. Yeah. He's he's kind of got all the tools from I mean from playing against him a long time. He's I mean he's a heck of a skater and he's hard to play defensively too. So he's uh, he's I think he's the real deal. He's been good so far. I'm a little choked. I wanted the Leafs to take him. Yeah, they took uh I actually thought they were gonna take him or Schneider. They yeah, took that's kind of what all the rumblings were. They're gonna go D man, so they took a, a four a Russian yeah. Rodion Amarov. Yeah, just absolute yeah. no name, hey, out of Russia. I might have to get WHL live just to watch you play a bit. Might have to watch a little. You got any? You got a free account for? Yeah, it you got what? an account for us. <laughs> I think the first weekend's free. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I think that's what they did in Alberta. Yeah. Can we gamble on WHL? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, man, I gambled on the Blades a lot last year. Chase Are got you an serious? overtime. Chase got an overtime winner that paid me out. It was kind of high. Really? Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was when you went bar down against uh, the Royals. I want to yeah. say. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that game. Yeah, I was hyped. <laughs> I was like, let's go. There's 20 well, you, bucks. You got to give us the insider because my account's getting a little dry here. I've had some uh, some bad weeks. Just give me the insiders when the blades are going to light it up. And, you know. Yeah, let me know. Uh, if your little backup's heading in, you know, give us the inside word here. <laughs> yeah, if you're putting your third string goalie in for his first start, let me know. Hey, like Ethan, cut. Is that Ethan Chadwick? Is that your third stringer? Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's up with us right now. So he's a local kid. Yeah, contacts guy. Yeah, no, I was, uh, it was funny. I was following your guys' uh, your picks for the NFL there. <laughs> I was pretty into it too. I, who ended up winning out of you guys? Matt. I did, yeah. Who, who ended up finishing second? Did you get it, Eric? No, Chetty did. I can't hear it, and Dinesh was last. Okay. Dinesh and I flipped the coin for the Broncos, and, or not Broncos, uh, Box and the Super Bowl, and he ended up going Patty Holmes and went uh, Tom. Oh, that's funny. Have you uh, seen Dinesh's golf picks at all yet? No, I have. Okay, he's uh he's picked Don't three guys so far. Uh, two have missed the cut, and one guy withdrew because of dehydration. So he's not <laughs> off to a hot start here. That's not good. <laughs> the segments uh, it's on the chopping block. <laughs> That's funny. I saw your ex uh your ex teammate McKay got in a little scrap in his second or first AHL game down in yeah uh, he did. Rockford in, uh, in Rockford. Yeah, I've been talking to him a lot. See. That's what he's about. He's, I mean, yeah. he's there and he's wanting to fight. So, but no, he's, yeah, he's crazy. He's good. We were talking about that. We feel like he could maybe, like, did Kirby kind of help him get down there in a sense? Like, they were probably watching a lot of Blades games and probably thought, hey, maybe this kid can, can maybe be on Kirby's line one day. Yeah, I think they, well, I guess they would have been watching lots, but I mean, he kind of brings a different aspect than not many guys bring nowadays. Yeah. Like, he, his what his three or four years in the dub he had over like 60 fights and like that's like oh. <laughs> he had like his first three years he went 15 17 16 or something and that's like like he won the he won the pin record by like <laughs> every year but no he uh yeah he kind of brings a different aspect i think he probably could have found a found a job down there in a lot of different places so What's it like being a like with on that guy's team? Like sometimes you just like see him drop mitts and you're just like, how is this guy so angry? You know, like how does he just have the energy to do this every game? Yeah, there's a couple times where he's a minute, a minute shift and then he's <laughs> dropping the gloves. <laughs> I'm gassing for wind and he's out there fighting. But yeah. somebody like accidentally touched Kirby with a stick and his gloves are already <laughs> off chasing him down. Yeah, there was a yeah, there was a couple situations like that our first year. He, uh, yeah, he fought a lot his first year in Sask too. I think that was his most. I think he had 18 his last year or his 19 year old year. But yeah, he changed his game a bit as 20 year old. I think he only had five fights, but he also had like 40 points. So he, yeah, I, I remember reading. Uh, I don't know something that the Blades released where it's like 
a changing man or something like that. Like his expectations were to help offensively too and stuff yeah. like that. And he did. I mean, he yeah. was last year. Well, uh, we had Reese Johnson on a couple of weeks ago and he was like a 20 year old that ended up getting that NHL deal. So we hope that you can follow his path and we'll be uh, watching you down in Regina. Best of luck, Chase. And thanks for taking the time for the boys. Yeah. Thanks a lot, boys, for having me on. Appreciate it. Okay. Big thanks to Chase for taking the time. Boys, uh, we're, we're approaching another golf season. And you know what that made me think of? The Willows Backshop. We were talking about it with Chase. Eric, I think we got to tee up your story here. You had an infamous interview with the fine folks at Willows applying for that Backshop position. Maybe uh, run it down. How did it all go down? Uh, just an absolute classic. This is probably the worst interview and the hardest I've ever been grilled in an interview in my life. And I went through some pretty uh, rigorous interviews. Let's just take it back. Um, I had a job lined up for the great old Elkridge's George. Shout them out. Great place, great facilities. Um, started, it started just June 25th, I believe. So I was really under pressure. My parents was like, my uh, parents was like, you should probably go get a job for like next 20, like next 25 days. I was like, what do you mean? I'm starting at, started Elkridge June 25th. Like, what's the point of having a job for three weeks? Like, ah, why don't you get a job? Try it out and then just quit, whatever. Make a little bit of money and get some free golf. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'll apply at Willow's Golf Shop. I knew a few boys back there. So sure enough, I uh, and then actually I know uh, one of the people that developed like, like Dream Developments or whatever. So he hooked me up with an interview. And I show up to the interview. It was at like 5 o'clock. I had to be at the Willow's. I sat in the lobby of the Willow's for a solid hour. And then I was like, what is going on here? Like, where the hell is this chick? And then she like texts me. She's like, Sorry, I had to go run a few errands. It'll be half half an hour more. So I waited an hour and a half in the entranceway of Willow's Golf Course for this lady who had to go run errands, probably picking up groceries or something stupid. So finally, after an hour and a half of me sitting in there in the lobby, I was about ready to leave. I was like, what is the point of me getting this job? Like, I'm literally going to work for probably like 10 shifts, 15 shifts. Like, I'm literally leaving in three weeks to work at Elkridge. Like, that's what I want to do. So finally, whatever, I stuck it out and I was just pissed off, not in the mood for an interview. I was like, fuck this, I'm not working here. Like, these guys don't want me. They don't see my caliber, my potential. Like, I'm an elite, I'm an elite team player here. Anyway, so the interview starts. This other guy, she's like, hey, do you mind if my coworker joins us? He's actually in charge of the back shop. I was like, no, man, that's fine. Like, whatever, as long as he's not going to take another hour and a half fetching groceries. <laughs> so finally, he, he gets his way upstairs real quick. And then he's Aaron runs. And he gets up there, he's like, oh, checking out my resume. He's like, oh, you're like, had a lot of experience working at golf courses, restaurants, and all this other stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I've been around a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Like, I've had some jobs. As like, well, honestly, there's a lot of cranky old people out there who probably have too much money. And I have to be very meticulous when it comes to cutting their lawns because I've been known to get grilled a little bit if I miss a little couple slivers of grass or I don't actually whippersnip their flower bed properly. So yeah, I'm very good at working with the old folks and especially the ones who are kind of stuck up. <laughs> and I said that, <laughs> and I was like, you guys probably have similar, similar kind of people out here being, uh, there's lots of retired folks. <laughs> He's just kind of like looking at me like, what's this guy saying? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of botched it right then and there. And I didn't hear back from my job. And at that point, I actually didn't want the job anymore because I was like, what the hell is going on? I was so fed up and pissed off with this whole experience. And I ended up starting work at Elkridge a week sooner. So it worked out quite well in my favor. Let's be real. You were just there to put on a show. Under the impression that maybe 
you did want to work at the Willows. And then when uh, the interview didn't go your way, you <laughs> did the classic, changed the tune. And uh, yeah, I didn't even want that job anyways. Is that- well, I, to be honest with you, I did for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. But, and then as soon as I was waiting in that lobby for an hour and a half, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, this is such a waste of time. And I was fed up. I'm probably the only qualified guy for that job who's never got <laughs> never got hired. <laughs> the only guy to not make it past the interview stage at the Willows Golf and Country Club. <laughs> yeah, we've we've hired some characters in the past few years. So I couldn't even qualify higher than them. Hey, it's kind of a letdown. So a little morale bump. I think it was just a good chip on the shoulder. Yeah, I came back swinging. I landed some nice jobs after that fact. Landed You're like Seth Jarvis. Yep. Let's uh, let's get into the Arnold Palmer, another staple event on the tour this week. You've been struggling with your picks. 0 for 3 for making cuts, 2 missed cuts, and uh, your boy Patrick Cantlay, he's dealing with some dehydration issues. So he uh, he doesn't perform too well for you last week, but uh, we, we got we to tee up your pick here. Who you got this week? Yeah, I'm going to go with the hot take, Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. I saw wow. a post of him today. Wow. This guy was uh, trying to drive the, the par 5-6. Uh, over the water, 340 carry. He this said he is another few feet, but ballsy pick from you, DB. You've been kind of getting a little nervous last week. You yeah. took a little conservative with Patrick Kennedy. That backfired. Now you're going all in with DeChambeau. I like it. I like it. Yeah, this yeah. golf course requires like it basically weeds out all the the midi, middle ranked players. Like it, the scoring was always super low. Last year, four under won it. Tyrell Hatton won, and that guy's a really good player top 20 he was very well good player last year to top 20 and uh and i think it's going to be similar to the u.s open conditions as far as like thick rough long golf course low scoring so our golf our golf insider is going off of the poor conditions that we saw at the open so he's picking the winner of that event i like it i like it db i like it he's done his research Let's hope uh, Dinesh's guy drinks lots of water and Gatorades this weekend because we hate <laughs> to see another of his players back out due to dehydration. So at least DB picked a guy who's in great physical conditions. So hopefully he knows how to drink more waters than beers. So I like that pick, DB. Doesn't drink. DeChambeau doesn't drink. Oh, DeChambeau doesn't DB, drink. you're automatic then. This guy's not going to get dehydrated because the only way you get dehydrated is if you he's drink freaking, He's freaking Sheldon Cooper of the Big Bang Theory, basically. You're meant. This guy's waking he, up. He's having mango and waters for breakfast. And he did say something about he's feeling really good about his putting recently. So yeah, I don't I know. Say, I say that before every round, and I still three putt majority of the holes. So, Jetty, last week you went with John Rom. He had a he had a mediocre finish, finishing t thirty two four under. Still edged out DB's guy, but Jetty, uh, who are you going with this week? I'm going with Mr. Jordan Spieth. I like the way he's played in the past uh, couple months here he's been bringing the noise couple top 10 finishes and i think uh i think this is his week um his putting's been really impressive his short game's been impressive he's he seems to be like after day two day three he's been really up there now i hope he can just close it out i think he's uh he's gonna do much better than uh, DeChambeau to say the least well yeah both of those guys are playing together Thursday Friday 8 17 they tee off alongside Justin Rose so that'll be uh that'll be a tee time to watch for us for sure yeah I'm really looking forward to this tournament it's going to be low scoring and I love low sorry high scoring like yeah I know we got you everyone's saying like but you never know like but everyone's saying that this tournament's not going to be very low so I love those type of tournaments where like the the lead is like minus two or some shit like that. Like last year, it was like the lead was like 
even on the weekend, and then they weekend like they finished at minus four, compared yep. to like guys who shoot like minus twenty eight over four days. It's like okay, fuck. What was Morikawa this past week? Seventeen deep. 17, yeah, 17 yeah. like I, I like 21 is average you know it's kind of nice like seeing us it, it kind of feels like us out there right we're struggling to make birdies you know it's a grind you yeah. don't like guys it's just like oh another birdie that'd be Seems my take. like uh 17 to 21 22 is average score on for 72 hole winners just like across the 48 events 45 events and then a handful of those like maybe five or six there's like really low scoring and then five or six that guys just take it deep like a dj week where you'd shoot like minus 30 and it's like <laughs> yeah I don't, so, you took don't a really guy, so you took a guy last week that unfortunately had some dehydration issues and wasn't able to compete now you're going with the guy who's in the best physical condition that we've seen in a golfer in the history of golf possibly just based on his build and how far he hits the goddamn golf ball so interesting i see you've done your research you've you've been online he's going to the science yeah, big into that. We'll see how it works out. I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's segue back into some hockey talk, boys. You heard us catch up with Chase Waters earlier. Now it's time for his counterpart from the South in Connor Bedard. Over to Connor we go. Welcome to the Prairie Perspective Podcast, the guy who went first overall in the 2020 WHL Draft and the first ever player to receive exceptional status in the dub and soon be making his debut in the league with the Regina Pats as he descends on the Prairies to the East Division Hub. Connor Bedard, Connor. First off, uh, what's kind of been the latest for you? What's kind of going on as you prepare to uh, begin your WHL career here in Regina? Uh, yeah, I just kind of quarantined for the last little while, kind of trying to stay active and, you know, do as much as as much as I can to kind of stay in shape. But, you know, been been a, uh, been a while since I kind of got on the ice. So, you know, just a couple more days of that and then we'll kind of get started. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, you kind of expected to be able to make your debut in October, but you're going to get the chance this season. So that has to be pretty exciting for you. What's kind of, what are you kind of expecting when you step on the ice there for that first game in the coming weeks? Uh, yeah, I don't really know that much. I mean, kind of figure out more in practice, see what the speed's like and, you know, the physicalness of it and stuff. I mean, obviously it's going to be a lot faster than I'm used to, and you know, bigger guys, older guys. So, you know, just kind of going to try to be prepared as I can pretty much. Is there a guy maybe in the hub that you kind of, like are really excited to go against like maybe like Carson Lambos or is there anyone that you've kind of eyed up or a buddy that you'll be playing against for the first time in a while? I don't know. I mean, Ward, Matt Ward was on my team last year. Uh, you know, there's some other guys, obviously some draft picks, Schneider and Gooley and stuff, you know, those, those top players, like you said, Lambos, there's a lot of guys, a lot of good players. So I think every game you're kind of, it's going to be going to be a really good player on the other team. And, you know, I think I'm equally excited to kind of play everyone. You got a chance to have a couple conversations with Dave Struess. You like him so far? Yeah, yeah, he seems good. Obviously, we haven't got on the ice yet, but uh, just just some phone calls. We haven't even met in person yet, but <laughs> yeah, he seems seems good. And uh, you know, hopefully, I think I think I'll like him, but obviously, I can't really can't really tell you that yet. <laughs> I know, growing up in North Vancouver, it's probably not a hockey hub. I know when I go there, it's all about uh, hitting the gross grind, which I saw you tearing up in a video. Uh, doing some outdoor stuff, hitting the beach, and maybe even tearing up the Roxy for us uh, guys of age. But yeah. um, how'd you kind of get into hockey? Uh, I think it was just kind of trying out sports, and you know that was the one I kind of liked. But you know I played some soccer growing up, and 
and you know some other things but uh, hockey was kind of the one that I enjoyed the most obviously you kind of spent some time earlier in the year in Sweden what was that whole experience like maybe what was what was the biggest thing you learned uh along the way uh yeah it was pretty cool you know not every day you get to go kind of across the world but uh you know there's, there's a lot of things kind of different play style there's a lot of possession game there obviously bigger ice and and in practice you know you're doing some different stuff so kind of just you know taking as, as many things as you can from there I mentioned off the top that uh, you're the first guy from the dub to get the exceptional status. Um, there's guys like John Tavares, Aaron Ekblad, Shane Wright, who've all got it in the Ontario League. But maybe have you been able to get in contact with any of those guys or have they reached out to you just kind of give you a little heads up of what to expect here? Uh, I talked to Shane a bit. I kind of know him from a, I've been at camp with him once and uh, he kind of reached out to me there. But, uh, you know, those other guys are, you know, in the show and stuff. So they're not. I don't think they're too worried about, about what I'm doing, but uh, yeah, Shane, right. You know, I, I know him a bit and he reached out and he's a, he's a class, classy guy. So uh, obviously like you're only 15 years old, you're going to be entering into your first WHL season. What's kind of like you had to move away from your family, kind of learning life on the road, I guess you could say like right now, obviously you're stuck in quarantine, but were you excited to kind of get out, move away and like play hockey in different cities? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's cool, you know. Uh, been, uh, I mean, I I'd be good to kind of play anywhere at this point. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it's good to kind of cool to get away. And I mean, I don't know. Like that's, that's a tough question, but uh, I think it's just you know about playing. And obviously, you you know when you when you're uh, you want to play high level, you're gonna have to move away eventually. So you know now it's kind of kind of about learning how to you know maturity and that stuff and you know try to you know prepare myself as well as I can before getting drafted to the Pats here did you have any idea what to expect or did you know much about Regina before coming into that I I really didn't know much I kind of just knew a lot about the BC team not even a lot just just a bit about the BC teams and you know it's all kind of new even coming here for the first time I was like it just like two days ago I was looking at the window on the plane and it's like the flatness of it is like crazy (laughs) and and you know all that stuff is, is a lot different, but you know it's uh, I was I was real pumped to you know get drafted here, and you know now that I'm here, it's uh, you know I'm really excited. A little bit different than Vancouver, hey, with the mountains. You got the ocean right there. You got uh, what do you got? You got the Wiscana Lake, I think it is, which is basically a big slough. Uh, yeah, it's, it's polar opposite, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, complete different. You think they're converting you to a Riders fan, or are you still a BC Lions guy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I. I've, I think I've been to one Lions game, but, you know, I'll probably you know, eventually go to some of those. I might, I, I'm honestly not really, I haven't watched much CFL, but, you know, I'll probably convert, I guess. I'm assuming you're a Canucks guy, though, Van Kid. Yeah, 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 big Canucks fan. What have you made of this season? Maybe what, what moves would you have made uh, maybe in this offseason that would have turned out a little differently if you were uh, Jim Benning? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I try to find some guys, but. It's tough. I can't really say that. Um, I don't know what what's going on. So, uh, but yeah, it's been a struggle so far. You know, hopefully they can kind of turn it around. And you know, they got it. It looks like a bright future. So you know, it's exciting. Obviously, a good run last year. But you know, I think kind of getting experience for those younger guys too. And I think uh, I think they got a good future. Like I said, so it's exciting. It's good to watch still. Uh, you know, some exciting players. So you spent some summers in uh, Kelowna with. Power Edge Pro, what's it kind of been like to be around a lot of those like high end, high end pro guys? Like I think Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, they were there. And then maybe some younger guys that were maybe in your group, like Quentin Byfield. 
Yeah, I was in uh, two years ago. I was in Toronto, and uh, you know McDavid and stuff is on before you. So you know, watching those guys is like it's crazy how how good they are. And you know, I was get get to go on the ice with uh, right. That was when I was there, and you know, Byfield, uh, Drysdale, Fantilli, so many guys that are you know really good players. And uh, then last year I was in Kelowna for one. I was, it was more younger guys, like Jaeger, Height, uh, you know, some of those guys. So, you know, it's been, that's been good. Obviously, I've been doing pet for a while, and it's, I think it's really helped me. You go on cage or fishbowl this year? I used to wear vise. You do? Oh, really? Yeah. I, what? Yeah, I, thought all, I thought all underagers had to wear at no, least. I, I, I get lucky. I, a couple of weeks ago, I, I got a puck in the face for the first time, so <laughs> I didn't feel great, but – Made Makes you, you miss the cage, cage days, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I like it, though. It's pretty good. That was one of the bonuses, you know, getting to wear it all summer. But I saw an article you were skating with Barzell. What's he kind of like to be around and, you know, kind of like show you the way a little bit? Yeah, he's, he's a he's a pretty funny guy, uh, you know, off the ice and then on the ice, you know. This guy, like, when he turns and, like, the way he gets the speed is, like, obviously you see it in games, but it's unbelievable in practice and, He's so competitive too. Like we'll be playing our scrimmages and he'll just be yelling at everyone. And it's, it's pretty <laughs> funny. And uh, it's good for me, obviously, to get to get on with him that much. I was skating with him lots, and uh, he's kind of been been through the same path that I'm on right now. And if I can, you know, learn some stuff from him and kind of take take what he he's done and take some information there, that would be that be that's obviously good because he's you know he's an unbelievable player. You mentioned Yager. Is that kind of like something that you're really looking forward to this year? Obviously, he's a guy that's your age, and you guys are going to be in the bubble together, playing a playing a bunch of games together. It's kind of going to be exciting for you just to compare your game to his. Uh, for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you know, uh, say that too much, but obviously, you know, we both would, you know, we want to be better than each other. That's something that you know we're friends, though we we talk lots, and he's a really really good guy. And, you know, it's going to be exciting for both of us. We've talked about it a bit. You know, getting getting to play against each other and we're like Moose Jaw and Regina, you know, for the years to come is like a 40 minute drive. So that's super, you know, exciting for both of us to get to play each other. And uh, I don't think when we're going in, I'll be like, Oh man, I got to score more goals than this guy, but you know, just, you know, try to get the win obviously. And you know, that'll be cool. Well, I'll score more goals than the other guy would look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm uh, buddies with Hyder there or I know his brother. Oh, quite yeah. Well, so yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got to know him a bit too at that pep camp. So yeah, they're both they're both good guys. Who are the guys that you kind of looked up to in the dub when you were kind of growing up? Like I know you probably didn't get to watch a lot of Jordan Everly in the with the Pats. Uh, that was kind of maybe our our generation. But who were the guys that you were kind of paid attention to out in BC? Uh, Gallagher was the man at uh, Vancouver. He was so he was so good. Obviously, as in the NHL too. But I went. I think I went to like one of the games and he had a hat trick and like an assist or something and uh you know I've been, I've been to a few I went and watched Barzell when he came when he was a 16 year old uh you know kind of that I haven't been to too many games but you know just you kind of follow the Giants a bit you know I'm from there so who's a current NHL guy that you try to model your game after I know you mentioned Barzell maybe a little biased to that one but uh anyone else I don't know I think I think McKinnon um I mean I'm not as fast as him obviously but you know I think we're kind of he's probably the most similar I'm probably the most similar to him out of anyone I think uh you know we're kind of I'm not a tall guy but I'm pretty you know wide and stocky and uh powerful I think and you know so I think he's kind of the guy that I think can 
I can look at and kind of take stuff from him. But I mean, I'm, I watch lots of guys like, you know, Matthews, I try to, you know, his shot, something I watch a lot. And, you know, you see, you watch, I mean, I watch a lot of games, so it's kind of just picking, picking up hard things from every player. Can we expect to see you drop the gloves at all? <laughs> I I wouldn't bet on it, but you know, we'll see. I don't know. lover, hey, not a fighter. Have you ever had a fight? Yeah. I guess probably not, Hake. I mean, gloves on in cages. So yeah, cage rage. Cage rage. Yeah, yeah. A little post ice, little locker room talk kind of stuff. <laughs> you and Hike probably be a good good matchup. We're yeah, we're pretty similar body types. I think. Uh, I'll make I mean, a statement, eh? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's go fight all the O five. Yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't want to fight this yet. That's, I know that, but I'm pretty sure you'll have a couple guys looking out for you on the ice. That's probably yeah. what they're there for. Yeah, hopefully. What have you been up to, like, now that you're in the dorms, um, like Warzone guy, or what kind of video games you play? I, I don't do TV, and I'm not, I don't play. I'm not a huge game guy, but you know, kind of, it's been a bit boring. Uh, All business, but, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we have a lot of Zoom calls and stuff, workouts and that, and I have, you know, some like stuff with bands, and you know, I can do it on my own. But you know, kind of, it's been a bit longer days. But you know, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't think any of us care that much. Just you know, getting to get in here and get get to get on the ice and play is, you know, it's it's, it's going to be worth it. I, uh, I was reading you got a call from Gretzky, but apparently you thought it was a prank call at first because your buddies have been known to prank call you in the past and uh, pretend to be scouts. Yeah, well, it wasn't like I never got one, but they always like, you know, you do it to other guys a bit, but, you know, drafts and stuff, say you're a GM or something, but, you know, so I was, I was skeptical a bit and, uh, but it was like a California number and he, uh, it sounded like him. So if it was a prank call, they did a pretty good job. But you know, I don't, I don't think so. Wait, so you didn't end up getting called from Gretzky? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did. Okay, okay. So what was that yeah. like? It was like, crazy. what did you kind of have like, to say? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a bot at first, so I didn't answer, <laughs> and then he like he called back, and uh, <laughs> so I answered the second time, and and I'm like, you know, I just said hi, and he's like, hey, this is Wayne Gretzky, and I was like, oh no way. Uh, so like first like bit I couldn't even really speak I was just stuttering and uh you know that but then he kind of you know I kind of settled down a bit uh but yeah I kind of just said good luck and and kind of you know he's, he's wishing the best so that was that was one of the coolest things ever for me and you know shows what a great guy he is what the look on your parents faces or sorry what were the look on your parents faces after you see you go off the phone with Gretzky <laughs> yeah my my dad uh my dad i was just in my kitchen and my dad uh he's like hey who's that and i was like oh it's gretzky <laughs> and you know he's like you know he kind of freaked out a little it was, yeah it's pretty cool anyone else you've kind of got to hear from in the last little bit here uh not not really nobody like compared that, to gretzky no. <laughs> yeah yeah what's your hockey number oh uh, 98 98 nice. any significance there i want to say i was like six and we got to pick our numbers and it was, I just, I picked out and no one had it. And, you know, it's pretty bold now. Man, where did, there, where, but... where'd you grow up when we played hockey? It was like, okay, we got numbers one to 20. Yeah. Pick that's in a, between that's a number. <laughs> always the, the fatter big kids always got the higher numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the XL. <laughs> <were> bigger. <laughs> Small to XL. Yeah. This was, this is spring hockey. So we were, we were allowed to go to whatever, but yeah. In, in winter we had the one, one to 30 rule. I think it was. 
give a little rundown of the bubble life for those that uh, aren't in there with you. What's uh, what's the activities like? What what's the life like in there? What's maybe the biggest pro and the biggest con? Uh, well, the biggest con is just we haven't we haven't actually got to do anything yet because uh, you know we're still quarantining. But it's it's pretty solid. We got a it's smaller smaller room, but you know it's it's got the job done. Uh, what's the food you know, situation like? It's pretty good. They they bring it up. I brought like a huge bag of like snacks and stuff so uh but the food's pretty good everything everything's been good and obviously it's uh it's a real big commitment for you know all the chefs and everyone that that's bringing us in here so i mean i'm i'm definitely not complaining you still got to take classes right now how's that all working Uh, i I do online so it's kind of just like assignments and you kind of just do it okay From, from your homeschool back in vancouver there it's just like an online thing in, in Vancouver, kind of. So oh, it's okay. not really based out of school. No, that's pretty sweet, then. You can still crush your classes, I guess. Whatever. I guess it's probably <laughs> sucks in a way, too. <laughs> oh, you're probably taking driver's ed right now, hey? Working towards your learner's license. Uh, no, it's, it's we just do, like, a quick test. We don't have to go to any classes or anything for that. So it's pretty good. I think here in staff, you got to do, like, a couple weeks of that but in oh, Vancouver, it's a just, commitment uh, you ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah every day at lunch yeah. for what two and a half months yeah, yeah brutal yeah. after yeah. school too oh. yeah, and then they make you write those tests and when you fail you got to go to sgi to write them again like <laughs> i did so <laughs> how written tests <laughs> yeah well, this, this I, I did too chetty yeah, i did yeah. too I passed that, but I failed my road test. I said, oh, I, pa- I, I passed. I said I ran a red light. <laughs> He's like, yeah, ours is, ours, is, ours is a lot more chill. We kind of just go in for a quick test, and then if you pass, you pass. Still, you know, you don't get it. It's because there's so much traffic out in BC yeah, and in Saskatchewan. Yeah, learning how to drive on the open road. Yeah. Do a lot of your buddies get their license there? Like, I know most people take the subway and just walk if you're right downtown. But I guess maybe North Fan's a little different, hey? Eh? A little more space. Out yeah. There. Yeah. Pretty much everyone's got their license. Uh, I mean, some of my, a lot of, you know, people my age, I know, are just kind of getting it now. And then, you know, I know a lot of older guys and they, they have their uh, learners or, and or whatever. So it's pretty sweet. I'm pretty excited to get mine. That's unreal. Just ripping around, doing whatever you want. It's like freedom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be good. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time, Connor. All the best. Yeah, you're going for really tracking you in the bubble and uh, hope you can light it up. Maybe not against the blades, but. Everybody yeah, light them up. We hate those guys here. <laughs> light them up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. All right, fellas, it's a big weekend in UFC here. Some big title fights. DB, I know you're all queued up over UFC. Who you got this week? I'm looking forward to this whole month. Five title fights, three of them happening on this one card, starting with Yan and Sterling. I, uh, people have been saying Yan hasn't had the, you know, Kind of got lucky to the title. A couple top guys got injured, so he's kind of just given the belt. And he never actually fought guys like Aljamain Sterling. So I would love to see Mr. Aljamain Sterling pull it off, take out the Russian. And uh, then for the next fight, Nunes versus Anderson. I just don't see how you can bet against Amanda Nunes. She's like the GOAT, like best fighter in the world, women's, and like even pound for pound, two belts, goes up and down division. Basically, no competition. That Canadian that fought her last uh, time around, we were thinking that she might have a chance. No competition. It's just pure domination. And then Izzy versus Blahovich. I got to go. I think Izzy's going to pull it off. 
but I wouldn't mind seeing Blahovich win. I love like the underdog win, but at the same time, if Izzy wins, he'd be the first uh, undefeated guy to win two belts. So that'd be kind of legendary. And uh, also, he just got a nice endorsement deal with Puma, and they just launched a sick commercial with him too. So that guy's, yeah, he's up and he's moving up and up. Uh, just beyond UFC now. He's becoming like just a superstar in the game in uh, just sports in general, just with his endorsements and whatnot. So, but yeah, who you got, Eric? I'm going to have to go with Peter Yan. I really like what he brings to the table. He's a hard knock Russian guy. You know, he's uh he's got that crazy gene in him. So I can't, I can't swerve away from Yan. I like Yan a lot. Mana Nunez coming off her first birth of her first child. Um, I know that I was a little of the skeptics, a little, little eerie on that, but there's no way I'm going against the man Nunez. She is the goat in terms of women's UFC. Next, I'm going to have to go a little different than you, your DB. I don't think Izzy gets it done. I think Jan Belakovich gets her done. And I think he upsets Izzy. Um, I heard for this fight too, I, Izzy's not putting on any weight. So he's going to be fighting at his normal weight and he's going up a weight class. So I think Jan has the advantage there. So I'm, I'm looking to see the upset in that one. Yeah, that'd be great, man. You always like to see, like, Izzy's already got a belt, man. He's undefeated. He's got all the fame. He's got Puma endorsement, face of Puma for fighting, this, that, and the other. Jan Bohovic is just getting his foot in the name, just getting that championship money nowadays, getting big, and he's from Poland, too. Like, you'd love to see that guy win. You know, he always has legendary Polish power, <laughs> so... But and I think is I think is he going up a weight class and not putting on any weight? I think that's that's scary. I think Yan brings that much more power to the table. So I, I'm looking I'm looking for Yan in this one. I think he'll I think he'll upset Izzy. Yeah, the one thing is like the legs, like Blahovich, like I have a feeling that his legs are gonna be like dead Eats, by the yeah. end of the first round. <laughs> like is he so damn fast? And he's so long, hey? Yeah, and he's so long, like he's just gonna chop at the legs. And his legs are – my gut feeling is that, if, like, sure, he might not have strength or anything, but he's got quickness. And if he takes those legs, dude, his legs are going to be out. And then if you don't have legs, you can't throw punches. <laughs> it's just you can't wrestle, can't do anything. <laughs> no, you're dead on your feet. I'd like to see one upset, though. It doesn't matter where. Jan and Sterling, it's kind of like, you know, 50-50. Who cares? It's like, yeah, they both are studs. If you were to pick one upset, DB, who are you picking of those three? Well, I'd love to see Blahovich. I'm with you there. I think I think that's the upset to watch. But if it was a upset, upset, it'd be Megan Anderson. Like, I was watching a little documentary on her today. She she looks like she's ready to go. She's coming out firing. She's been training hard, and she she looks mean. She was wrestling and uh, grappling against a bunch against a, ga- a bunch of guys. So I think she's ready to fire. Yeah, you think the rest of the Amanda's opponents weren't uh, mean, ready, grappling? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Amanda's I mean, Amanda. If you can't, you can't if I had to it. choose one upset that'd be legendary, it would yeah. be Megan Anderson. Like, yeah. imagine that if Megan Anderson somehow pulls off the massive upset. Do you think that's bigger? And is he going down? Yeah, hundred percent, without question. Because she's got two belts, right? Right. And basically, nobody's beat her. Psych. <laughs> 20 and 4, 20 and 0. Yeah, I don't know, man. 
but it always happens in the UFC. Like I guess before whale, before I started watching and whatnot, but like, it's always happened where that top person gets knocked off, at least in the women's division. I'm saying, I don't know about men so much, but like Ronda Rousey was, was the Amanda Nunes back in the day. Like nobody could touch her. And then I remember she got kicked in the head by Holly Holm or whatever. And then yeah. the whole Twitter world blew up that year saying like KO, huge upset, this and that. Remember? And then that's yeah, when she, then she lost the next fight too. And then she went to WWE. She went to the fake stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so when kicked to the head and you're back in WWE. Literally. And then uh she made like six mil to be at WWE for one year and then she's like, All right, that's it. I got enough money. And she's not doing anything. Now she's just chilling. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, well. Yep, looking forward to it. Will be a good one. We'll definitely, will be tuning in and throwing throwing a little bit of money around here and there. Oh. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we'll wrap up there. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. As always, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll have another episode coming next week. Until then.